The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Those sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever had one of those embarrassing moments in life, even when away when you kind of embarrass yourself, but actually in front of your parents? Well, I just did my, this morning, my parents are watching online. So with that intro where I kind of missed it, but anyway. So sorry, mom and dad. No, but I mean, this morning, I mean, there was just a certain level of excitement about today. And why be excited? Well, we had the 40 days of Lent. Then we have the 50 days of Easter. Now we close out the Easter season with our birthday, the Pentecost, coming of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes when I have the Spanish Mass, I don't have it today, I speak about fuego artificial, which are fireworks on the 4th of July. They're artificial fire and fuego real which is the real fire of God's love, poured out as a gift at that one moment in time, but the church through time in a mystery participates in. Every single baptized Christian in the world. You've been baptized in the name of the Father, in the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Happy birthday. The fire fell, it was poured out on you. We just witnessed here the little ones being sent, first from their parents, and then from their parents, as a community, they were sent off to the chapel. To what? To open their hearts up to the living word of God. Why? So that they get the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? So that they become his ambassadors, his missionaries, his apostles for these times. If I were to sum up this homily in three words, if I were to put it down as a a bottom line to pack away in your spiritual backpack and take with you out for the rest of your week, I would sum it up in these three words. And these three words are also coming to my heart. I I can't just talk the talk or preach. I have to try to, with the help of God's grace, practice what I preach. I am one with you. I am journeying with you. Though I may be a, here to, in a ministry of service as a priest, I am walking with you. And in the living word of God today, the gospel of today, Jesus, speaking to us in the today of our life, says to you and me, I send you. I send you. 
as the Father sent me, I also send you. Independent of your age, and he breathed on them. And they received the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that came to us at our baptism. And I love how that little one's just locked on, like, probably looking over my shoulder at my guardian angel saying, he talks too much. Receive it. If, you go, if we go out and you go to your favorite drink place, Smoothie King, I like Smoothie King, and you go there and you got your nice styrofoam cup with its cap, and you go up there and you can pour all you want in it, but you got it capped, it's going to be a mess. We need to open up our hearts to receive the gifts that God wants to give us. Gifts that he doesn't want us to give or to receive and just kind of keep them packed up in our own little heart. But he says clearly what you have received freely, freely give. How much our world needs these gifts of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be sent? Let's look at that word sent well in the in the greek in greek and i'm not a scholar greek but in greek the root of the word apostle means sent jesus appears to the apostles and all the bishops through all time are part of the 12 apostles and it's through them that god works to work through all his people he can come however he wants, but he works and chose to work through those first apostles. So apostle means sent. Also in the Latin word, misus. Misus. At the end, there is, in Latin, it's misus est. The mass is finished. Go. You're sent. At the end of the mass, we're go. So misus ties in with missionary. We are living in apostolic times and Jesus wants to send you and me to be his missionaries. And so he pours out the Holy Spirit on us with the hope as he's seated at the right hand of the Father showing him his glorious wounds and said, Daddy, like we said, I told him, I told those first apostles, but we continue to tell everybody down through time, through my living word, that they're able to read. And that's how I speak to them, Daddy. And the Holy Spirit works through them. Our love works through them. But I show you, Father, my glorious rooms, because I told them I would go so the advocate would come. And if an advocate comes, that means there's an adversary. That means there's somebody who's trying to work against us as missionaries. And it's the reason why Jesus Christ came. He came to heal a broken, wounded humanity. So St. John Paul II says it really clear. The, the, the sin of modern man today is the denial of sin. Jesus came to heal everyone. The divine doctor. And he does that through, through the Holy Spirit. And he can send the Holy Spirit to whomever he wants, whenever he wants, in whatever way he wants. Look through scripture. Look at all the people in scripture who, the centurion, who was, who was a pagan, who wasn't even a Jew. And he said, I've seen no, no greater faith than this. Look at the leopards who were Syrians that weren't even believers, who God 
it were healed by the prophets. God can do what he wants because he's God and we're not. But he chooses to work through ordinary means because he's trying to draw out of, out of you and me faith. As he said to the people of the time when he was walking, this faithless generation, is there any faith here? Do they believe in me? Sent. I send you. He says in the word today. What does that mean? Does that mean that we need to go off on a mission maybe to a foreign land? We can do that. Father Mike's getting ready for the Guatemala mission. He's taking like 20 of our parishioners over there. They're going to help someone who doesn't have a house build a house. We as a parish are going to help them build a church. That's awesome. But if we're being sent, if it's apostolic times, where's our missionary territory? Where does Jesus want us to go? Where does the Holy Spirit want to move us? I can't answer that for you because I don't know what your week has in store for you. But I know where you go, I can't go. And where I go, you can't go. But imagine what we do if we all go out there as missionaries, disciples of Jesus Christ, what the Holy Spirit can do with our world. I want to share with you a story. And this story, I'm not in any way, shape, or form striving to brag about my golf game, okay? All right, and I'm not trying to be humorous. But a lot of times what happens is we place the ordinary things of life or the fun things we like to do and put them over here and the idea of being a disciple over here. But it's beautiful when they come together and there's no off time for a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of the way. There's no off time, even in moments of recreation. So Memorial Day, I had an opportunity, and I had Mass in the morning, and I was like, here we go. No calls. Everything's good. Let me go out and play around the golf about 20 minutes away. So I load up my golf bag. I get my little push cart. I get out there to the golf cart, one of those ones where you go, you know, the ones I talked about last week or whatever, the wires that go across. So if you hit the wire, you get a second shot, you know, one of those courses. So I get out there. I take my bag out. I put it in the push cart, and then I look back in my truck, and I see I forgot my shoes. I only have my Birkenstocks on. And I'm like, oh, man. So I go to the golf shop, and I say, hey, do y'all sell shoes? And they're like, nope. I said, can I play in my Birkenstocks or in barefoot? And they're like, that'd be a first. And I said, well, I'm not driving home. I need to go. For some reason, I'm here. I want to play golf, and I want to have some fun. So all of a sudden, I go to the first tee, and I'm thinking, Excellent, just me and God's creation and that little white ball that's going to go probably everywhere where I don't want it to go. All of a sudden, this guy comes wheeling up in his cart with no bag in the back. Hey, can I play with you? My bag's in the car. They said I can jump. I'm like, sure. That lets me hit three shots off the tee. Go ahead. Golfers know what I'm talking about. So anyway, so we, he gets his bag. He comes back up. We play like eight holes. We're playing eight holes. And... I'm not kidding you. I don't know what happened. I'm playing in my Birkenstocks, scratching my head, and I'm playing out of my mind. I've never played this great in my life. I'm talking two birdies, chip something in, all pars and one bogey going into nine. I was one over, and I'm like, dang, maybe I'll make the Masters. <laughs> you know how it goes. You know what I'm saying. This is my round of my life. So I'm playing in Birkenstocks, and I'm playing it down like it's no big deal, Right? So finally the guy asked me, and guess what he asked me? Maybe y'all know if you're listening to some of our 
previous recordings of masses. He asked me the question. You know what the question is someone asked you? What do you a little louder, please. What do you do? We're real good at asking that at those social functions, right? What do you do? Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Instead of, who are you? Right? Let's not talk about what I do. Let's talk about who I am. But anyways, I said to him, I said, well, what do you think I do? What do you think I do? I, I was kind of curious. And, he, and, and no joke, he looked at me and he goes, are you a golfer? And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to fake you out with the Birkenstocks, but no, I'm not a golfer. I said, I'm a Catholic priest. And you know what happened? Kind of turned away. You could see a little reaction in the body. And I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, what's coming? Because there was a little reaction that was like bodily seen, and I'm like, what's coming? It was the longest one minute before we placed our tees to hit the tees before he said something. And then he looked up at me and he said, and I was Richard, by the way, because I interrupted my He says, now, Richard, um, you know, my wife's Presbyterian, and I lived in Charlotte for 20 years, and I went to this university, and you know what? I grew up Catholic my whole life. Matter of fact, my parents are Catholic in uh, Washington. But you know, I'm I'm Baptist. I go to this church, it's in Charlotte, but I'm not going to mention the church. Now, a lot of times the reason is, well, this is a priest, man. The priest should give him a chop, right? No. I looked at him, I said, hey, are you a disciple of Jesus? You raising your kids to follow Jesus? Yeah. I got him in the school, we're doing all we can, we're doing this. I said, good for you, man. That's awesome. They kind of took him back. But then that opened up another window because here comes the whole litany of everything that he witnessed in his life. And I'm not saying we witnessed it in our life, but everything about the one holy Catholic church that did not speak about disciples. That did not speak about giving witnesses to the faith. That he found Jesus through the word of God, through other members of the church... That were baptized. Now this may hurt, this may sting, but oftentimes what it is, is as Catholics, we're sacramentalized. Got all the sacraments. We're catechized, took all my classes, but we haven't been evangelized. Oh, Father, you're getting personal. I don't mean to get personal, but even when we have confirmation, here this year, okay, not everybody, I mean, it's beautiful, but then someone leaves right after communion to leave, and someone says, hey, wait, we're going to have blessing and picture. And the response is, we've spent enough time doing this confirmation stuff. We're done. We got it. We're out of here. My child has this event to do. Woo! And maybe that parent is here right now. Maybe not. Maybe they'll listen on time. I'd love to talk to you. Does it matter to us? If we're a disciple of Jesus. Does it matter to us. That on this birthday. The Holy Spirit has poured out his gifts on us. This causes you to squirm a little bit. Either online or here in the pew. Ask why. Why. 
Am I somehow in some shape or form in the way I'm living my life capping, preventing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? It's not going to be easy. To be a Catholic is not easy. To be a follower of Jesus Christ is not either whether Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, whatever, but it's not easy. It's not easy. You little ones, you're receiving communion for the first time. You can tell me it was not easy to go to confession for the first time. Right? It's kind of like going to the dentist. You're your teeth. You don't want to get your teeth clean, but when you come out, the teeth feel good. It's not easy. Jesus didn't promise, I'm going to make life easy for you. He said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Be my disciple. Be my witness in the world. It was in the Acts of the Apostles I mentioned before that they were first called Christians from people on the outside. In our times, we have more and more and millions and billions of Christians and Catholics, but are we disciples? Are we disciples of the Lord? What I will say with the golf story is it continued. And the whole back nine was a train wreck. I'm talking double bogeys, into the lake, all this stuff. And the Holy Spirit was like, uh-huh. You say you're a priest, you can follow me. Prove it. Show them you're a disciple. Show them that it's not dependent on your golf game. That you can work in that. And my heart was going, oh, I ruined my whole game. But it wasn't about a game. It was about somebody who I was walking with who loved Jesus and was trying to raise his children. And then the other thing I found out, which was awesome, is this person, their children go to school with a parishioner here who that person knows, and I don't have to do it all. It's not about me trying to fix people. It's about me as a priest trying to accompany people as I accompany y'all. But it's hopefully this family that can reach out to the other family and walk with them as believers in Jesus Christ. But my question is for those who left the Catholic Church for whatever reason. Because I've got them in my own family. The question is why? And a lot of times they don't know what they left. They don't know what they left. Our mission is great. Jesus wants to send you and me out there to bring his good news to the world so that this church will be full and we'll have to build another church here and another one there and it'll just extend I believe we are where we are right now because there's so few disciples I'm working on being one I'm not saying I'm there St. Teresa of Calcutta said it very beautifully in her quote here. If we really believe in Jesus Christ, we will love naturally. We will try to do something first in our home, then next door, then the whole world. Imagine. Imagine if each and every one of us being sent focused on one missionary territory, our homes.
are domestic churches. When people look over the fence in our backyard, or if someone were to crack the window, or to come to visit, would they be like those people in the time of the first disciples and say, see how they love one another. See how spouses honor one another. See how children respect their parents. See the love in this home. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. But boy, I would love for my daughter to marry one of those Christian men. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. But boy, I would love my son to marry one of those Christian women. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. But boy, I would love for my kids to run around in the playground in the neighborhood with those Christian children. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. But boy, I would love to work for one. Holy Spirit's poured down on us, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus wants to send you and me to make that kind of impact and change in our world. And if it can happen with 12 apostles, imagine what it can happen with a parish in Charlotte, North Carolina, with 4,000 households. Imagine if all of us were to hear Jesus say, I send you, and we go. It'll be a different city, possibly a different world. Let's hear his voice. I send you.